The following episode is brought to you by the Illinois Leadership Center at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, because the world needs better leaders. Welcome to the Made to Lead podcast, the podcast of mystifying leadership one episode at a time. Recently, I came across an article about the show Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse, a children's TV series that premiered on Netflix about 10 years ago. What critics enjoyed about Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse was the amount of diverse careers that Barbie had within her time on the show. According to Time Magazine, Barbie had over 200 different careers on the show and on the shelves. 200 careers is a lot of careers. Some of Barbie's careers are easy to understand for little children. Obviously, most kids understand that when someone is an astronaut, they go up into outer space. But some of Barbie's other careers, like being a UNICEF ambassador, are a little harder to understand for children without context. It all got me thinking. As children, we come to understand that nonprofit organizations are places that do good things for other people, but we don't necessarily see beyond that until we become a little older. Now, we're college students, and we are a little older, and I think it's high time we learned what a nonprofit organization is and what leadership looks like in a nonprofit. So, all these years later, we can finally understand what exactly it is UNICEF Barbie was trying to accomplish. To get a better perspective on what exactly nonprofit work is and what nonprofit leadership looks like, I sat down with Dr. Lau of the School of Social Work at the University of Illinois at Urbana Champaign. Dr. Lau teaches about community development, nonprofit management, and social innovation. Without further ado, here's Dr. Lau with his perspective on the nonprofit sector and nonprofit leadership. Thank you for joining the Made to Lead podcast this week. I'm really excited to talk to you about your journey. I had a chance to read your bio on the uh, the School Business website, and it sounds like you've had just quite the career in nonprofit work. Um, Would you mind telling us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today? You bet. Um, So I started as a sociology undergrad, so actually I changed my major seven, I think seven, seven times maybe. Um, uh, I was interested always in organizations and sociology has a strong focus on organizations, uh, but I also did a minor in business and throughout my undergrad career, I did a lot of international trips. I did some research. Um, I got a uh, honors scholarship to go to Ukraine and do some research with um, organizations there that were dealing with children. Uh, orphanages, so they're called internauts, but they were basically orphanages for older kids um, and was interested in the organizational survival of these orphanages. Um, And that kind of got me started, even as an undergrad, of being interested in organizations. Um, When I graduated, I decided I wanted to get a master's degree uh, and applied for a program in in, uh, an MOB in uh, master's in organizational behavior. But then when I was looking at it, I realized it was basically just a business degree with a, a couple organizational psych classes. Um, so I decided that wasn't my route. So I took a year off, um, went to China for a year, worked in universities, um, teaching sort of import-export businesses um, and secretarial science, uh, but realized that really my heart was in social work um, and social sciences. So 
I ended up then going back to the U.S., getting my master's in social work and focusing on both communities and organizations that were working on social impact work. Um, and that's kind of where I'm still at today. Um, one of my uh, projects that I worked on internationally was for the Foundation for International Community Assistance. And they are a microcredit lending organization. So they basically just give small grants to organizations, um, well, actually to people who want to start an organization, whether that's a small uh, place to sell you know, shoes or shirts or something like that, but it's for really low income people who want to start a business. And so um, that also got me interested in entrepreneurship, which is also where I'm focused these days. Would you mind explaining to us a little bit about what a nonprofit is and what are some of the different roles that employees in a nonprofit play? Yeah, so I can give you the technical definition of a nonprofit. It's um, a 501c. So in the US, the IRS tax code, anything in the 501c category is a nonprofit. And there's about 20 different, 29 different types of nonprofits out there. Um, and they're all exempt from federal income taxes. So that's technically what a nonprofit is. But in practice, um, there are organizations that focus on all kinds of different work, charitable work, uh, religious work, educational, scientific. Um, basically, if there's a social or environmental bent to them um, and they're not primarily trying to make a profit. So if there's a social mission, then they are eligible to be nonprofit organizations. Uh, that doesn't mean that all of these social purpose organizations are nonprofits. There's actually a really wide range of social purpose organizations. Um, some of them do incorporate as nonprofits and get that ta that tax exempt status, but others just keep on going as you know social enterprises or maybe as unincorporated groups that really want to do some some good. Um, but if you're working for a nonprofit, which is a 501c, and, and most of them are going to be probably 501c3, which is um, charitable organizations, then there's lots of different roles. Um, there's, I guess some of the roles, you know, they're basically the same roles as any business or commercial organization, but there are some new roles in terms of like a volunteer coordinator, for example, you wouldn't find that in a commercial organization, um, depending on, you know, what the social mission is, then you are going to have very different types of leadership positions. But in terms of management and leadership, uh, that's really a specialized skill. So it doesn't matter necessarily if you're working for commercial or nonprofit. Um, nonprofits are going to look for people who have leadership and, and management skills, not necessarily those that have experience in the nonprofit sector. If that makes sense. In your time in the nonprofit sector, what would you say the predominant leadership style has been in the organizations that you've worked for? It is a bit different, especially because there's a lot of volunteers that you're working with. So for a commercial organization, you primarily have paid staff, but for nonprofits, you know, a lot of the people you're working with are gonna be volunteers. So the leadership style does have to be a bit different if you're managing them. So there's a difference, I think, between management and leadership. Um, leadership being more strategic thinking, so you're still thinking about um, how to help the organization sustain itself, even if there's not earned income. So from a leadership side, you're thinking a lot about finances in the nonprofit space because it's really about philanthropy. It's about how to get donors, how to get you know money raised to accomplish your social mission. But from a management side, uh, it's going to be a bit more, what's the word, maybe nurturing uh, because you do have to definitely keep your volunteers engaged um, if they don't feel like they're valued or if they don't feel like 
um, they have something to do, so they don't have meaningful work, and they're not going to come back. So it's really a different kind of leadership style when you know that um, people could quit anytime, uh, and their commitment is generally pretty low. So having um, a, a strong manager or a leader who can help motivate them is important in the nonprofit space. What are some ways that you've seen leaders or managers motivate volunteers and maintain that sort of community? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of both, I think, intrinsic and extrinsic rewards of volunteering. Um, the, you know, they've done research on this um, and the biggest determinant of whether someone volunteers or not is just being asked um, and being valued. So I think as a leader who understands that, just saying, hey, you know, we really need your support, we really need your help, and asking people to help out, um, and then helping to support them along the way is, is really important. Um, staying involved with them in their journey. Um, again, again, meaningful work. So just because they're volunteers doesn't mean they don't have expertise. It doesn't mean they can't contribute like specialized skills. So if you just have them, you know, performing manual labor um, or whatever, then they're not gonna stick around very long. So. The leadership style is, is really much more um, interpersonal uh, and you know really engaging them as, as, as people, not necessarily as employees, because they're not really employees. Absolutely. Can you tell a little bit about an experience that you've had in your work that really influences the way that you lead? Yeah, I think I've, you know, I have a background in clinical social work. So I worked as a therapist for several years. So I think, you know, my leadership style is probably focused a lot more on empathy and really trying to understand where people are coming from. So when I try to motivate people, I'm always appealing, not always, but I, I try to appeal to people's intrinsic motivations. Um, I think there's a lot of value in getting people to volunteer and, and basically work not only volunteer, but work because they want to and it fulfills them. Um, I think pay only goes so far and ultimately isn't that motivational for a lot of people. Uh, so one of the things I think um, knowing about volunteering is we realize people are motivated by, by very different things. Um, and social is one of them and fun is one of them. Um, and you know, feeling like they, they're performing some kind of meaning in the world or feeling some kind of meaning uh, also is, is is an important way that people stay engaged and volunteer. So I think having that clinical background certainly helps as I you know work with volunteers and really try to empathize with where they're coming from. And if there's any problems and conflicts, you know, helping to uh, resolve those as well, because that's, that's one sure way that someone's gonna, you know, quit or leave if they're volunteers, if there's conflict or, or tensions there. It sounds like in your time, in nonprofit work, you've had the opportunity to work with a lot of different communities. Is there anything that you feel like you've learned from the communities that you've worked with? Yeah, it's a constant learning process, I think. Uh, I mentioned that I think a lot of my work was with international or, or transnational organizations. So when you're working internationally, um, cultures are very, very different. Um, and people have drastically different ideas of how they see the world when it comes to time, when it comes to respect, when it comes to power. Like these are all issues that come about in leadership um, and in an international setting, uh, those things become really evident. 
So one of the things that I've learned working with communities specifically was that you really have to listen uh, and have empathy for, again, what people are going through. Um, in nonprofit work, a lot of the times we are working with and for vulnerable populations. So these are people that are often marginalized. They often are excluded from the mainstream. Um, they are the minority. Um, and so because of that, they, you know, number one, they don't get heard very often. But I think more importantly, as a leader, you have to recognize that you're really not coming from the, from the same place as they are. Um, and it's really difficult for you to understand where they're coming from if you don't have open, honest conversations, um, a really open mind, and, and go in with a learning mentality. Uh, and, and even with that, you know, a lot of times you're still not going to really understand. So a lot of times it's, it's building a, a group of people that are from the community that do understand the issues um, and constantly checking in with them. So I feel like I learn from communities all the time, um, partly because I want to, and I really take the intention to, to get to know them and to understand the issues. Um, but yeah, I can't say, I mean, I, I don't have any specific example because there's so many, there's so much, you know, so much I learned from, from communities I work with. Is there anything that you wish you would have known before you started your journey in the nonprofit world? I think it, because I did so much internationally, I think um, I wish I would have known that international work means you have to travel a lot, which I knew. But I think knowing in your head and then knowing the reality of what that looks like is is very different, right? Because you're often gone. Um, and that means that things in your own community are going on without you. It means you have friends and family here, they're doing their own thing and you're traveling abroad. So for me, because of the context that I'm working in, in the nonprofit space with, with um, non-governmental organizations and transnational organizations, I probably would have wished I knew how much I'd be traveling because that can be a challenge. Um, but generally, you know, I, I think I always wanted to work in the nonprofit space. And I don't think it's been um, it's been a, a, any problems out there that I that I would just wish I didn't you know didn't do or, or wish I would have known. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the Made to Lead listeners? No, I just think it's great that you're looking at nonprofit space. Uh, I think it, this is an area where, you know, especially with younger generations, they really want to you know make an impact and they want to make sure their lives have meaning and. Um, some of them really don't know where to start uh, and you know leadership definitely in this sector is needed um, there's probably a gap in capacity and good leaders in this space because it does it does pay less money so you do see I think stronger leadership often in the for-profit space um, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a more fulfilling life necessarily so um, I just think it's good that you're doing this so thank you for the invitation I had a fantastic time talking with Dr. Lau about his experiences in the nonprofit sector. After my conversation with him, I can definitely understand why Barbie would be interested in being an ambassador for UNICEF. Nonprofit work is a fantastic way to give back to the community, make a tangible difference, and practice leadership skills each and every single day. If you're a student with more questions about leadership, check out the description in this episode below for some resources to get more involved at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. This has been the Made to Lead podcast, the podcast demystifying leadership one episode at a time. Thanks for listening.